Welcome back to Eye on Health on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Arab Health, united by business, forging ahead. I'm Helen Farmer. You're listening to Eye on Health here on Dubai Eye 103.8, brought to you by Arab Health and MedLab Middle East. We're turning our attentions this week to women's health and in conversation with Dr. Fiona Rennie, a specialist in family medicine at Genesis Healthcare Centre Dubai, discussing treatments, diagnosis and lifestyle factors for those suspicious that they're going through the perimenopause or even in the middle of the menopause itself. We are talking about women's health today, so we're speaking appropriately to a female doctor. We've got Dr. Fiona Rani with us. She's a specialist in family medicine at Genesis Clinic um, here in Dubai. And doctor, we're having a little look at an area that I still is not think is not discussed enough. We talk a lot about puberty. We talk a lot, of course, about pregnancy and birth. But menopause and perimenopause is something that every single woman is going to go through, yet still remains a bit of a mysterious area of medicine, something that's a huge amount of stigma attached to it. And we're hoping to get to some myth busting today and perhaps some practical advice for any women and indeed their partners um, who want to support them through the change. Um, can I ask you, is this something that you have many uh, patients coming to see you with? Is this? Yes, a lot. So menopause is not as much of a issue in terms of um, treatment and acceptance is perimenopause. So perimenopause is very, on the whole, very badly dealt with because when you're still getting a regular cycle, women will often be told by doctors that actually your hormones are fine, there's nothing wrong with you. But you can maybe, it may start off people thinking they've got premenstrual syndrome and then they may get the symptoms all month but what happens is that as you go into your early 40s usually it happens early 40s you start to run out of eggs in your ovaries so the eggs that you do release each month when you ovulate aren't as good a quality as what you had earlier and you don't mount a good hormone response so what you get is fluctuating levels of estrogen So you're still having a cycle, but your estrogen levels aren't constant, aren't having the peaks where they should be up and down. So every cell in the body needs estrogen to function normally. If your heart's not getting estrogen, you can get palpitations and rapid heartbeat. If your brain's not getting estrogen, it affects your sleep. You'll often get off to sleep okay, um, but wake frequently through the night. Never feel like you get a deep sleep. You get brain fog, you can get concentration problems, you can get anxiety, depression, irritability, feel really emotional. So that's the estrogen effect on the brain. (laughs) I'm literally listening going, tick, 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 turning 40 in a few months. Um, (laughs) But no, but this is really interesting. (laughs) Just every cell needs estrogen. Even the eye has estrogen receptors. So people will get dry eyes, they can start to get vision problems, cataract. Every single cell, I just can't stress that enough. So then the other thing that often happens is people will start to get achy joints, headaches, ringing in their ears, Um, libido can be affected, motivation, energy levels. I mean, I could go on and on. So that is perimenopause. Perimenopause is not, the diagnosis is not made on a blood test. So, and that's often the mistake that's made. Mm -hmm. Blood tests will be done, hormone levels will be done, and a woman will be told that their blood tests are fine, they're fine. 
but that's not the case. So I treat a lot of women in perimenopause and I treat them clinically. So we get a, we get a full history, talk about what else is going on in their life and we, I treat accordingly. What does treatment and look not- like then, Dr. Rennie? So what we use is we use an estrogen gel or you can use a patch. Patches aren't available here at the moment. If you put estrogen onto the skin, it's absorbed straight into the bloodstream. There's no risk of blood clots and strokes as there is with oral estrogen, the contraceptive pill and oral HRT, you have a potentially slight increased risk of um, blood clots and strokes. So it's a really nice product and it's made from the root vegetable yam. And yam is the closest you can get biochemically to the body's natural hormones. Oh, really? Um, so, yeah. So it's really, it's, it's called body identical. The other, there's three types of hormones, hormone replacement therapy, synthetic, body identical, and bioidentical. Bioidentical is compounded in a pharmacy, in a compounding pharmacy. So it's made up according um, to what the doctor feels the patient needs. I don't use that. I prefer body identical, which is a licensed evidence-based product. And it's available here and it's now been licensed in Dubai. So it's going to be um, coming down in price and be very affordable for people. So we use um, hormone replacement therapy and just give people, they don't have to keep having a cycle and we use the same products, but just with slightly different doses. And it works brilliantly because in perimenopause, what it's doing is it's evening out those hormone fluctuations and it's, it's, very gentle, very effective. Would you mind explaining for anyone who's unfamiliar with the difference between menopause and perimenopause, when do you medically make that distinction? How long does a cycle need to be stopped or, I don't want to say dormant, it sounds like it's going to come back again, but... A year. So it's a, year, a year, year of no periods. Yeah, when you've gone a full year without a period, you are officially menopausal and then you're in ovarian failure for the rest of your life. So there's two distinct parts that to women's life. sounds awful. Ovarian failure, Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> so, the other thing that's really important is when the ovary fails, you don't make estrogen and you don't make testosterone. So the human ovary actually makes three times more testosterone than it does estrogen. So testosterone is a really important hormone in females for muscle and bone strength, motivation, energy levels. So that's the other thing that I will often add in as well as estrogen is testosterone gel, which is also a body identical product made from yam. So I do have a number of women on testosterone as well. Just getting back to the question about when are you menopause? What I um, will often tell my patients is in Victorian times, Women went through menopause around the age of 57 and the average life expectancy was 59. So there was really only one part to their lives then. So they went, had babies, went through menopause and died. Now you can be 30 to 40 years in menopause um, with the average life expectancy being around 84. So what happens then is where We've been talking about treatment of symptoms, but we can also talk about prevention Mm -hmm. because the longer you're without estrogen, the higher your risk of dementia, heart disease, osteoporosis, diabetes, and there's been some studies showing that your risk of colon cancer may increase as well. So estrogen is very protective uh, um, to the body. So I will get some people coming into me saying, look, I don't 
have any symptoms. I'm feeling quite good. I've been through the menopause, but my mother has osteoporosis or my mother has dementia and I'd like to be on hormone replacement therapy. Now, the really good thing about body identical hormone replacement therapy is there's no end point. You can take it forever if you want to, if you need to, if you're still having symptoms. With the synthetic hormone replacement therapy, it's recommended that women come off it after five years. And what that can do is just plunge them straight back into their symptoms. Yeah. So... I want to come back to perimenopause, if you don't mind, because some of the symptoms you mentioned there are very much tied up in living a frantic life, you know, anxiety, palpitations, headaches, um, you know, that, that that kind of anxiety piece that's, you know, so many busy women in their 40s will just take as, as part of life. And I think what that contributes to, if there is no answer that you can identify, then your identity then becomes completely shaken because you're like, well, I'm supposed to be this healthy, vibrant, capable woman. And now my moods are all over the place. I'm feeling anxious for no reason I can put in particular. So identifying this sounds so important, yet so few women perhaps would come to that conclusion. What would you say to anyone who is listening now and thinking, actually, this is raising a few red flags with me as well. Do you go and see your family doctor? Do you need to go and see an endocrinologist, you know, a gynecologist? What's your first port of call in terms of getting identified as perimenopausal and then indeed the treatment that you might require? It's a difficult question to answer because I generally think that if, especially if, the doctor doesn't specialise in menopause and perimenopause that a woman may not get the right treatment. Mm -hmm. So in a woman over the age of 40 or 45, if a new onset depression and anxiety that's not related to some major life event really should be treated with hormones, not antidepressants. And the majority of women will get treated with antidepressants. And that, to me, is putting a Band-Aid on things. It's really that... you you want to look at what's causing it. And it's normally hormonal, but it is generally missed. So I would say a menopause specialist. Um, And what I'm trying to do is to raise awareness, to get people, doctors, more aware as well. Um, It's a a, a really difficult one, and I think it's interesting your point about a menopause specialist. I'm hoping... In the future, we're going to have more of this because, you know, we're here in Dubai, we're a pretty young population. That is absolutely changing, um, you know, as we welcome retirement visas and, you know, that kind of demographic is, is, is going to change. But I would also say, coming back to your point earlier about women would go through menopause at 57 and die a couple of years later, is that, that that factor could be very real for why it has been so under-researched and under-treated historically. Absolutely. And now you've got yeah, women who are going, I'm actually healthy and I'm not going anywhere and I want to have a good quality of life, whether that is related to being... Yeah you know, physically active or libido or, you know, or mental health. And you've got women who are going, no, we we are demanding that we are taken seriously. And I think, unfortunately, like so many areas of women's health, if it was men who were going through a similar change, uh, we'd probably have a lot more research. And- they're dining from their jobs because they're not coping without realising that that's why they're not coping. Mm-hmm. In the UK, we've seen, um, you know, even stars like Rod Stewart saying there needs to be more menopause education, especially in the workplace, because as you say, women's confidence is shaken, their identity has been turned upside down and they're doubting themselves and their abilities for something that actually is very 
easy to identify and easy to treat but there still is a stigma and I still think there's this kind of almost comedy around it you know thinking about the hot flushes and she you know like this kind of batty old woman what what kind of education would you like to see throughout the years from school all the way through to the boardroom well I you know I think that it needs to be part of um biology lessons in school, that would be a good place to start. Um, There certainly needs to be in companies some sort of representative, someone that you can go to when you're struggling that will put you in the right direction because there is more and more and more in the newspapers every day written about menopause, menopause in the workplace. So people are becoming more aware of it. when you look at uh, Dr. Louise Newson, who's the guru in the UK, I mean, she's got something like 300,000 followers on Instagram now. So people are following her. She's set up a course for doctors on menopause education and the British Medical Association actually paid for um, 10,000 doctors. They paid for 10,000 places to train 10,000 doctors in treatment of menopause because it. What, what happened 20 years ago was a study came out of the US that was has since been disproven that said HRT is dangerous, women shouldn't be on HRT, HRT causes breast cancer, causes heart disease. That's been disproven, but a lot of medical professionals, professionals haven't actually caught up. I mean, there's so much else to know. Um, and unless you have a particular interest in menopause, then you're not necessarily going to find that information. So we still see doctors that say to women, you're okay, push through, you'll be all right. HRT is dangerous. You need to come off your HRT. And that is what we're trying to change. And social media is alive with information now on menopause and perimenopause. As it should doctors be. Doctors are becoming more aware. Yeah. You know, social media gets a lot, of, a lot of bad rap, but it can be such a force for good when it comes to creating that community, mm. creating conversation um so you're absolutely right there are some great accounts based here in the uae but also as you say out of the uk and there are becoming you know menopause influencers um and even celebrities such as you know meg matthews and davina mccall in the uk who are standing up and going you know i've got a six-pack and i'm going through the menopause and i thought i was losing my mind and my marriage nearly fell apart but this is what so many women are going through and just not talking about so i do hope we see that shift i hope we do see more doctors choosing to educate themselves on this, to better serve their patients and indeed everyone around them, you know, in, in terms of the the impact it can have on workplace relationships, romantic relationships, friendships. Um, and I wanted, before I let you get back to clinic, Dr. Rennie, is ask you a little bit about any alternative or lifestyle factors that can be beneficial for women who might be in menopause or menopause. Anything that you would advise someone to avoid or try or change, whether that's supplementation or specific types of exercise or diet, what mm. can be useful? Mm. Okay, so the things I tell people is alcohol, be really careful with alcohol. Your tolerance changes over the years and it will certainly affect sleep and flushes. Coffee, so caffeine, anything with caffeine will do the same. Exercise massively improves symptoms. So regular exercise, weight-bearing exercise, cardio, Pilates, anything, any exercise. We also know that two and a half hours of moderate exercise a week significantly reduces your risk of breast cancer. So that that feeds into that. And excess weight, women with a BMI over 30, they have a 
double risk of breast cancer. So weight loss is really important as well as part of the whole health aspect of menopause. Um, I also, what happens when you go into menopause is your metabolism changes. So first of all, your body is trying to find estrogen. So the body will lay down fat, usually around the belly, because the belly fat will make a weak form of estrogen. It doesn't work very well, so it lays down more fat. And the second part to the metabolism is that you get insulin resistance. So if you eat carbohydrates, they get converted to glucose and the glucose can't be taken up into the cell. So that gets laid down as fat as well. So they get, we get into this cycle of women feeling awful about themselves because they've gained weight. They're having lots of menopausal symptoms. So one of the dietary things I tell people is to be protein heavy and carbohydrate light. Not many people get enough protein. Um, so bumping up their protein, I, I struggle a lot with women who are vegan or vegetarian because it's really hard to get good quality protein that doesn't have carb in it as, carbs in it as well. So high protein diet, exercise, low alcohol, um, getting lots of, lots of sleep, not having, you know, um, trying to get into bed at the same time every night, trying to get your sleep stabilized. And then there's a number of supplements that women um can try to some of the soy isoflavins, um, black cohosh, red leaf clover, all of those things may have some effect as well. I think the main message is really to not suffer in silence and not assume that what you might be going through is just something you have to endure because there are experts such as you, Dr. Fiona, there's a huge amount of information out there if you choose to engage in it and perhaps get to the bottom of something that could be easy to treat i can't thank you enough for your time and your insights today really fascinating topic and one we'd love to revisit in the future thank you so so much for your time thank you my pleasure eye on health on dubai eye 103.8 with arab health united by business forging ahead